When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings, weary traveler. Come, warm yourself by the fire, and let us regale you with mighty tales, tales of adventure, tales of heroism, and tales of Tamriel. I am Lotus of Doom, in place of Arkaneer, who is, well, it's been a while, but Ark has once again been consumed by the Void and is deceased. Um, so we are going to carry on without him this week, but luckily it's kind of a short show. Um, I don't think I did anything too horrific in there. Um, probably <laughs> managed to make my way through that intro, as it's really kind of a uh, mixed bag when I, when I introduce <laughs> the show. But um, hopefully Ark is feeling better for next time. It was just like a lot of work. And um, yeah, so my co-host, as I mentioned earlier, is Hyper Pixie, who's having a mild <laughs> laughing fit to start the show. How are you, Pixie? How are things? I'm doing great, but made the horrible mistake of reading chat, who is loudly proclaiming that you did not say heroin this time. Yes, that is true. I, I managed to, I really managed to nail down single words without blundering <laughs> over them. Without drug <laughs> references. Yep, yep. So we're skooma-free this episode, everybody. Uh, and... Actually, it's a pretty slow news week overall. Um, so this will actually, for once, probably be a relatively reasonable, I don't know, length show. Like, you just I, changed I, it. Yeah, well, I, I mean, we did kind of say that last time too. But yeah, so um, we're just going to kind of address what little news there is, go over our tales, and um, yeah, have an easy time. We'll leave all the horrible editing up to ARC. But, um, Pixie, why don't I throw it to you for our, um, I guess, news slash quick to mention. I don't even know if it's fully considered news because I don't have access to the iTunes reviews or any of that stuff. So if we missed you, don't worry, we'll get you next time. Uh, we don't have a behind the scenes update beyond Ark is gone. I'm in charge. Mahaha. Um, <laughs> but we do have a crown store showcase. So if you wanted to kind of do that as I'm less versed in these things as I tend to not buy cosmetic stuff. Okay, sure. So the quick dimension is we do have a new server infrastructure coming in 2021. So oh, that was something that was, I, I don't know if we already mentioned this. I, I feel like we talked about this last week, but maybe not. I feel um, like we might have, but it wouldn't hurt to mention it again because even though they've implied that it's not going to necessarily change performance from a like, make me stop lagging, I'm angry type of thing. But 
more so this will just provide stability and prevent future problems, which is very, very important as the game keeps expanding. Right, exactly. So this is kind of a longevity thing, um, which is really great to hear because, you know, like anytime you look at any of the comments on anything Elder Scrolls Online posts, you always have that one person dead game, you know, just kind of poo-pooing everything. And it's really good to know that in the announcement for Blackwood, whenever they were talking about the new server infrastructure, they were saying, like, this will allow us to support the game for many years to come. So ESO is still going really, really strong. We're going to have a lot of really great things coming our way for a long time, which is super awesome to hear as somebody who's been playing for this playing this game for almost six years now. Yes. So I'm, I'm um, very happy about it. I am as well, because... These long-running games, I wasn't concerned about the game like fizzling out or anything like that, but these long-running games, sometimes when they go on... I mean, Elder Scrolls Online is not a new game. So knowing that they would spend that type of money on the long term lets you know that there are many plans in the works to keep this going. Like, it's it's not a, okay, well, how many more years does this have left? The answer would be a lot because you're not going to spend that type of money on something like that if you do not intend on having it be around for a while. Like, that's that's the reason you do stuff like that. Um, So good news for anybody interested or if you're just picking up the game and you're like, oh, well, is it going to be worth actually getting or anything like that? Whether or not the game is up your alley, that's that's one thing. But what won't be a deterring factor is the fact that the game is going anywhere. It would be a fluke occurrence for something to have to change it, because as is, it's, you know, it's good as as a running platform. So Right. And something else that they mentioned is this is the highest earning Bethesda game in the last like four years, I think. So that means it out earns yeah. Fallout 76, which... Maybe not that hard to do based on the reception of the game. Another game that came out with a lot of bad press that has been improved. But also Elder Scrolls Online is a longer running game at this point. Like ESO has six years. Um, That is right, right? Six. I guess we're going into the seventh, I suppose. Um, Yeah, for PC, I think. So you and I started a year late. So I think you and and I I are about to play in the beta, but I didn't care for it. So, like, I didn't even have a functioning character. I just played on my friend's account. I was like, yeah, this is fine. (laughs) Like, this (laughs) is fine. Um, But yeah, the the game itself uh, has been around essentially like double the time of. Fallout 76. So that also helps. But yeah, Fallout 76 came, you know, under a very similar problem of perhaps it should have waited longer (laughs) before it came out. Um, And now Elder Scrolls Online largely has hit its stride. So, I mean, according to Lego here in chat, uh, it apparently out earned Skyrim, which is surprising. So that's the thing. Um, I don't believe it was, I mean, it might be more this time, but last year specifically, I remember, I believe it was Rich Lambert who posted like a joke about like, oh man, it's a shame that this game's dead. (laughs) And (laughs) it was the third highest grossing game on Steam. Wow. Yeah. So it was, I think Warframe and Grand Theft Auto were the two games that were like higher than it on the list. So 
again, it's just one of those things. If that's a concern to you, this is kind of a weird tangent that we've gotten on. But like, if your hesitation comes from, oh, I don't know if it's still going to be here. <laughs> that's not a thing you have to worry about. Just determine if it's a game you like and let that right. be your guiding factor. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's a game that has something for a lot of different type of players. I don't know why we're turning this into like a pitch for the game because obviously, yeah, obviously I, I, they're listening to our podcast like a, or playing, but right, I just yeah, love this I, game. Come play with us. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, well, that's my thing is I'm not going to play a game or do all this extra stuff for something I don't really like. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's just kind of the fact of the matter. So, um, but yeah, so that, that's just that little side tangent there. So new servers equal good. And if we're lucky, hopefully they also have, I mean, they, they shouldn't have any negative effect on server performance, even if that's not their focus, so to speak. Right, exactly. Um, and then also we have the Crown Store Showcase. And there's a few things in here that I feel like is worth are worth mentioning. So our free ESO Plus little figurine is Hortator Nerevar. He looks quite fancy. He has a little mohawk thing going on. It's been so long since I've played Morrowind that <laughs> I feel like... Lotus, do you know anything more about this so, guy? Yeah, so if you actually go to Mornhold or any of the, the city... The the Hortators are the little people who look like they're wearing metallic faces. Um, <laughs> the little people, sorry. Yeah, the little, the little people's wearing faces. They're the guards around the city. That's that's what they are. And if I'm not mistaken, the face on the mask is Indril Nerevar, who is the reincarnation you play in Elder Scrolls Three, the Nerevarine. That's that's who you're playing is the reincarnation of him. So that's that's pretty much the reference point to what they are, at least without looking all of that up off the top of my head. Like that's just basic background to it. Yeah, I, I knew there was some kind of reincarnation thing going on in Morrowind, but I The guy's face, that's who you're reincarnating. <laughs> in theory. <laughs> I mean, I was nine when I played that game, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, it's been a minute, so excuse me for not catching up with that one. Um, we are also getting a Crown Gym exclusive that's going to be available from February 18th to February 25th. It's a cool okay. fire wolf. Um, it's called a Blazeborn Wolf, and it reminds me a lot of the Icy Wolf, but it's red and has fire coming off of it. So that aesthetic does play really nicely with the Blackwood announcement with, that we just got because the Deadlands are very much fire forward, and so is this mount. So if you want something to ride into the Deadlands, this will match that aesthetic pretty well. Um, we have some adornments returning that are Mid-Year Mayhem focused. Uh, the Mid-Year Mayhem Crowns pack is coming back. We also have the Debella's Doll Mask pack coming back as well, which are super pretty. I really do like it for Khajiit. I like it a little bit less for humanoid races. Um, Argonians, they look kind of angry. Um, but I really love it for the Khajiit. That's just a personal thing for me. Now, something that I feel like is interesting is the Thorn Legion um, outfit style. Well, not outfit style. The Thorn Legion motif 
is coming to the Crown Store and also coming to Castle Thorn. Uh, you can earn this in the dungeon uh, starting February 17th. Of course, they add it after we finally clear the hard mode. So now I have to go back mm-hmm. in there because it looks really, really cool. So if it if you don't know what it looks like yet, they have hoods that come down partially over your eyes. So it looks like your tunes like kind of blinded, but they also look quite warm. And I feel like I could really make a cool outfit out of these. So I definitely like at least want that headpiece. The chest piece is cool, too. Um, everything else looks fairly standard from what you could get, and you could kind of get the same aesthetic from something else, but that headpiece is just to die for. Uh, I can't really get a good look at the staff from this picture in particular because it's gray on gray against the dude behind the mage lady in the front. <laughs> so I do need to get a look at the staff before I determine whether or not I need the staff, but they look real cool. I want that headpiece really really bad i think it would look really good on my nord so that's something i definitely need to go back in and get um there's also another artifact coming the fork of horripilation which is fun which is the daedric artifact of everybody's favorite uh shigoreth which i i love the fork of horripilation that thing is ridiculous um to anybody who doesn't know, it's 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 a literal fork. Um, it has a card in Elder Scrolls Legends if you play it, and one of it, I mean, as is with all all of Shagorath's stuff, um, it's incredibly strange. And the best part of it is that apparently it has the slight scent of roast beef, <laughs> as is described. <laughs> Every time you go to kill your enemies, you just get a little bit hungry and you don't know why. Just a little bit savory. Also, breaking news. um, Huge congrats to Promethean. We just crowned him emperor. You're awesome, dude. Woo! (laughs) Woo! Congrats, Promethean. Yes. So so live on the show, uh, that's what I'm doing on my off screen. Um, Huge shout out to... Still guest host, uh, or still longtime host. It's just he has been busy with school and everything like that. Um, Promethean has just claimed emperorship in Cyrodiil. So awesome job, my dude. It'll be great to have you come back. But huge shout out to you because I'm so proud of you. You He has been going for like 50 straight hours. So (laughs) All hail Emperor Promethean. Yep. Even though he serves the wrong alliance. (laughs) Anyways, that little bit aside. <laughs> no time for podcasting, plenty of time for PvP, says Robots Radio. <laughs> yep, exactly. Have you, are, are you are you repairing keep walls again, Lotus? Uh so actually I was proactive during that because we had one keep left. So I was running six pieces of siege equipment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Now I'm repairing walls. <laughs> so you're like, Pixie, read the um, read the crown Look, store uh, showcase because I don't plan, do the aesthetic I had things. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't do the aesthetic things. You read it, and really, you're just like off in the corner. Like yeah. that explains why your face is lit up by the it is thing it's, you're looking yeah. at. Yeah, the multitasking thing. But now I can actually focus because I'm all done with the whole trying to make sure he gets credit. He has had a rough stint where we have been like two keeps away three separate times, which has been kind of brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I'm, I'm looking at this next thing on the list, the Doctrine Ordinator Arms Pack. 
And immediately what I see is a shield with a face on it. So if it's been your dream to headbutt enemies while shield bashing them, this is the set for you. It looks pretty cool. A li- the, the face thing is a little creepy to me, but I feel like this is really going to speak to someone. The dagger, though, looks really nice. I do really like the dagger. The staff, again, has a face on it, and faces aren't exactly my thing unless it's a skull. So this isn't yeah, exactly my I'm not aesthetic. I'm a big fan of the, the face thing, personally, either. Right. That being said, again, headbutt while shield bashing... I feel like that's a fun thing you can do with it. Just throwing it out there. And to be fair, actually, after I said that, granted that's still the case, I'm not a huge fan of that stuff necessarily, that aesthetic. The Dwemer versions don't bother me. I think those look kind of cool. Like just the the Dwemer Centurion bits, like sometimes you just see bits and pieces of them and stuff like that. Not not that the shield has one, it it doesn't, but just like when their equipment has stuff, like the... The helmet has a face on it, much like the Hortator thing. <laughs> I don't know why the the word Hortator, like, it, I, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. It, that's how I would, yeah, that's how I've always heard it, Hortator. I, yeah, I did see robots say Hortator, but yep, I don't know hortators. if that's, but Hortator sounds. Yeah, hort, Hortator is, I believe, that's, that's how I've always heard it in game and everything else. So I'm going to go okay. with that is. That I'm makes me feel that. better. Feel free to send us your interpretations of how to say that word. <laughs> We're just going to be spammed with r- reviews and messages I about hortators. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, because of the Mid-Year Mayhem event that we have going on, we do have the Star Made Wolf's Head making a reappearance in the Crown Store. And the Shimmering Soiree Gown is freaking gorgeous. I am I'm trying to be good. I'm really trying hard, Zoss, to hold on to every single crown that I have right now so I can buy that Mark Hearth house whenever you release it. But my God, you keep having to release things that are this pretty that I can use for so many occasions. It's really pretty. It has like this like little belly button reveal like window and <laughs> the high elf is coming down this elegant Eleanor staircase. I was like, damn, I need it. I need this. <laughs> and if you want to be pretty, like I would like to be pretty, you can get that starting on February 11th at 10 a.m. EST. Get it and send me your screenshots because I'm going to be living vicariously through you because I really want the house really bad. They're also bringing back some pirate stuff. The swashbuckler personality is making an appearance in the crown store, and you can get it only from February 4th to February 9th. And it's February 6th right now, so you better jump on that. This is going to come out in a couple days um, from this recording, so like if you get it right on the day this comes out, you'll be good to go. It's real cool. You can be a pirate, and that's always fun. Now that's great. Exactly. And the Dwarven crates are coming back also. It says during a limited time during the tribunal celebration. So not this event that we're in right now, but the next event, your dwarf crates are coming back. Um, I'm kind of out of things I want to spend crown gems on because I was holding for whatever crates were reintroduced. I Mm -hmm. really want the wild hunt crown crates to come back because I need those mounts. But because I have like 450 crown gems right now. 
but the dwarven ones, I don't know. I'm going to have to like preview it on my character and see how it looks. But I feel like with the dwarven wolf being earnable in game, I might hold on to those 400 crown, crown gems just a little bit longer. And I obviously can't buy crowns because, again, trying to save up for the house. So I, I can't do the thing, but I'm trying. And looks like we also have the diamond melody. So if you want to hear the red diamond music box version in your house at all times, that's going to be available from February 4th to February 9th as well. Um, so buy that quick if you want it. Also, that breezy night in Bruma, which I can't think of the way that song sounds off the top of my head, but it has a really pretty box. And so I, I would like to preview this one, even though I can't buy it, but it is gorgeous. And just in time for Valentine's Day, we do have the Heart Stay Retreat Furnishing Pack. It's really pretty. There's lots of rose petals. Perfect for setting your romantic date night for someone special that you can uh, pop that ring of Mara to to propose to them. Great way to do that. And there's also another furnishing pack for the Clockwork Gods domain just before the, um, or I guess during the uh, Tribunal Festival, because it's later on this month, so I'm guessing that's when they're going to actually hold it. You can get a really cool statue of Sotha Seal along with other things. Uh, I tend to be like back and forth on the Clockwork City mo like style of things. I feel like it's... You either have to do your entire house in the Clockwork City stuff or just certain pieces from it. That being said, that Sotha Seal statue is super awesome. I'll be buying it because, again, I'm saving it for the house. But a girl can dream. It's very yeah, painful whenever they keep releasing cool things. I do kind things. of agree with you, though, since that, I mean, having bits and pieces of Clockwork City looks out of place unless you do all Clockwork City. Like, it's a, kind of an all-or-nothing deal. Like, same thing right. with, like, you can have a Dwemer or something look like an artifact, but having, like, something be like, oh, I'm going to do half Altmer style and half, you know, Dwemer style. It's like, whoa, what is this? Like, they don't right. flow too well. Whereas, because it doesn't look medieval the same way a lot of the other stuff looks... Like, you can even combine Elven stuff and Nordic stuff, or Elven stuff and Redguard stuff, or whatever. Like, they flow easier than having the, like, steampunk aesthetic of Dwemer slash um, Clockwork. Yeah, I've found that Khajiit and Redguard stuff play really nicely together. They seem to have kind of a similar aesthetic going on. An another way that you can kind of mix in kind of a Dwarven or Clockwork City aesthetic is if you kind of pose it as if it's like a research piece. So, for example, I have a, a house that's geared towards like, oh, this is where a mage would live. So I have like if you put a piece like sitting on a desk, like where you would study a thing that you found, then it makes sense. But it is harder to kind of mix and match. That being said, with the Markarth house coming at some undisclosed time that we don't know yet, that is a good time to bring in some dwarven stuff because there is a dwarven aesthetic throughout the house. So maybe jump out in front of that and buy it. Uh, personally, I'm going to be trying to make the Markarth house look kind of cozy, which I feel like I wouldn't want to sit on dwarven things, but that's just me. Um, there's also another music box, the Mother Morrowin Sacred Lullaby. And God, why are all these boxes so pretty? That makes me want them. Just to... Um, See them in my house. 
Okay, so this one is a bit controversial from some conversations I'd had earlier in the week. They are reintroducing the uh, Grand Sigic Villa. So this isn't the first time that it's hit the Crown Store, but when this thing was originally launched, it was a reward for a community event where we all got the same achievement together in Somerset. Um, I have this house on PlayStation 4. Uh, because I per- that during that event that happened where you could earn this house in game, I was still on PlayStation, and it is a really really cool house. I think it's like fifteen k crowns if I'm remembering right. Um, That's what I've heard. I, I, this is actually be curious to talk about. I actually kind of forgot about this, and <laughs> until you just mentioned this, that we kind of had a discussion on uh, the DCN Discord about this. So right, so. For me, like, I know a lot of people really like events to kind of, like, timed events that give rewards to kind of stay that way. So that way those rewards are very special. The the thing is, as somebody who jumped platforms and who did earn this reward, I do like the idea that I can buy it. Um, since I did earn it at some point, like... Whenever I jumped platforms, the one thing that I was most sad about losing wasn't necessarily my mounts. It was my house because this house in particular, I had a really cool like theme going. I was trying to make it like the forest temple from uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And I was really liking what I had going and I still miss what I had in that house. Um, so the fact that I can rebuy it personally is really, really cool for me. But then I've also heard the argument that it cheapens the idea of pushing for an achievement in the game as a community because it makes it less special because you can just buy it with money later. So I I understand where everyone's coming from there, but I'm like, damn it, I just want my house back, even though I'm not going to buy this one because that damn Markarth house has to be coming <laughs> soon. We just keep coming back to that Markarth house, ruining all my fun. But... This house in particular is really cool, and I would hate for somebody who like just now got the game or switched platforms that did actually earn, earn that house to just completely miss out on it. Because it is the only house in Arteum, which if you have a character that you have like a Sigic Order backstory or just like a really powerful mage backstory, like you might want them to have a house in Arteum. So I don't know. <sighs> Like, I see where everybody's coming from, wanting this to remain unique, but yeah, it's it's difficult for those of us who have jumped platforms or people who are new to the game to just completely miss out on it forever. Yeah, I again, the, the, the rarity aspect isn't really a big thing to me, um, but at the same time, like, I do get it. It, it does, it probably feels weird. <laughs> To just like, oh, yeah, I was part of this. And then later on, you can buy it. But like then from the flip side of switching around and stuff like that, I also get that. Um, and it, it, it's like you said, if you were able to have access to it, it would be even more kind of in favor of what the people who don't want it to be um, sold because it would support that. I didn't word that right, but it, it would support that a little more because then it's like, oh, well, I wouldn't have to buy it again because I didn't switch. So furthermore, Sony looking at you because I blame you for everything, Sony. Um, just let us have count your, damn it. I just want to share my account. Then everybody could have their places wherever they would like them and everybody would be happy. Right. So like if, 
if I would have been able to transfer this because I did earn the thing in game, then I right. I might take that whole like same stance like no, I earned this. Why are you going to cheapen this? This is a really yeah. cool event that we pushed for. Like then I would get it a little bit more, but it just really screws over the people who So I also think it's kind of interesting to give like a modified version of something. Um one of the things that is kind of neat uh which is Almost a bit of both. And we'll be getting one later on this year. This is, sorry, this is going to be a little bit of a tangent here. Um, so the birth, the anniversary cakes. You get an anniversary cake, Memento, that gives you double AP each year that you're part of it. And the cake is different every year. For a long time, they were just adding more and more cakes on top of the cake. So there was like this mountain of cakes. And now <laughs> they put it in so that if you buy it with uh, tickets... You can get the version to put in your house, like as, as like a housing item. It's a furnishing item. And you can buy any of the cakes. So mm. that makes it look like, oh, I've been here any of the years. But you don't have the mementos because that's the only way to have gotten them originally. So that's almost kind of like, here's something for those of you who want to make like this ridiculous cake display from all the years of ESO. But if you want to use these mementos, you need to do have been there. That's almost like a nod to both people. Like, you're not totally excluded, but you don't get the same exact thing. So right. I, I don't know how you do that with a house. It's just like a comparable thing they did that's similar, but not like exactly the same. And, you know, personally, I enjoy it because it's getting kind of rare for our yearly photo, which we'll be doing, where since we've all been here since the start, um, but people have shifted off. We've lost players. We've gained lots of new players. We do a group photo with everybody with a cake from each of the years, all standing in front of it every year. And it's starting to be that a couple of us literally have to be one and two because we're the only two people left with those cakes. Oh, wow. And like, yeah. So it's, it's cause now we're going to have, you know, six cakes cause they're always going to be one year behind. You wouldn't have an anniversary when you were born, um, or, taken out of beta in this case not born but um <laughs> yeah so like i don't know it'd be interesting if they could do like a parallel to that we have something that's like well, this is similar but not quite what you got for being there at the time type of deal i, I will say like the, there is a high price point on this so i do feel like that's the, also valid yeah like the people who did earn this for free save themselves like what 150 bucks or something <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, time and place, oh, I, I saved $150. That's a pretty good time and place bonus. Like, oh, yeah, right. anybody can have it, but mine was $150 less than yours. <laughs> yeah, Josh being like, here you go. Here's a $150 house. It's like, wow, thanks. This is amazing. So if somebody right. wants this house bad enough to spend the equivalent of $150 real dollars on, it's like, let them have it. Yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of my thing, too. I, I definitely hear that. So, like, if they would have made it, like, 100 crowns or something silly, then I could oh, really my, yeah. see. But they yeah, made it so expensive that it's like, okay, you must really want this house if you buy it. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. Like I said, I definitely... This one, I much like many of the other scenarios, even if I don't agree with them, I do understand the, the thing you know, the sentiment there, because the exclusivity thing on cosmetic-based stuff or housing-based stuff or whatever, that's, I mean, that's a direction that these games 
kind of encourage anyways. So to then have people want that, I get it. Like, even if it doesn't bother me personally, like, I, I, yeah. I, I see what they're saying. I do too. And I know me, you, and Ark had a really long discussion about this, kind of from every side. And we did kind of come to an understanding, like, okay, we can we can see the other side's opinion. And yeah. it's it's kind of a difficult situation for a game studio to be in too, because you don't want to exclude any you don't want to exclude too many people because you want people to want to play your game. You want people to spend money in your game so that way you can keep putting out content and paying your developers. At the same time, you don't want to slap the players the who have been there forever been in the there. face. Right. So, and, and so it is a weird mix because it's it's strange because like you said, you want to encourage people to be around for these events and, you know, encourage veteran players to, like, be involved. But gatekeeping new people out of stuff that they're like, oh, that's super cool. How do I get it? Oh, yeah. So go back in time two years ago and earn this. It's like, well, OK, that's that's not going to yeah. help. Like, so it's, it, it is. It's definitely a strange scenario to try to balance, like, which one ends up being the more important thing to go to, or can you find some type of happy medium, which in many cases can be really tricky to do. And in this one, I have zero answers. So, <laughs> Yeah, especially for something as huge, huge as a house. And it'd be one thing if they did have another house in Arteum to offer, um, mm-hmm. but they don't. This is the only house in Arteum that I'm aware of that you can, you can get at all. And it's only available for a limited time each year. And it's at a super high price point. So I feel like it does kind of still make it pretty exclusive, but still give people the opportunity, like if they've been saving their crowns all year and all of that, um, because they know it's coming because they missed it last year, for example, and they weren't able to get it on the event because they either didn't have the game or they're me and they like to jump between platforms. So I I get it from both sides. I do feel like this one's still pretty exclusive just because, you know, it it, it is, again, limited time only, higher price point. So I think that's good at least. Um, so speaking of houses, there is another house that's returning to the crown store, um, the hunting grounds, Hunter's Glade. So her her scenes realm, this place is really cool. I don't have this place myself, but I do know that Arcaneer has it. Um, I saw him actually whenever pathing was new to the game, he was setting up this really cool, like hunter and prey situation with his mounts, um, And something that I didn't know until reading this just now is that if you are a werewolf and you have this house, you can stay in werewolf form the entire time you are in your house, Yep, which is awesome. So I can see this being something if you're a role player, like a werewolf pack role player, like this is awesome for you. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing to snag. And it's going to be available from February 11th to the 25th at 10 a.m. EST. Um, it's real cool. I mean, it is one of those outside areas. So it's, if you want to have a house there, like an actual house, like you're going to build it and get super creative yourself, but it's awesome if you're a werewolf. Um, we're also getting some pets back. So we have the great Danian hound and Milady's cloud cat, which is so cute and has pretty blue eyes. And then the Akaviri potentate wolf cub is coming to the crown store as well. He has a cute little helmet with a little mohawk. Very imperial looking. Great for the new expansion. We also have the Bravil Retriever, which is interesting because we're going to Leowin. 
Ravel is just north of Leowin, but does not seem to be included in the expansion. So I wonder if Ravel is coming as a DLC or if it's because that it's close enough to Blackwood where it's like, oh, you know, we already had this in the game, so we're going to reintroduce it because it has to do with the announcement. But, you know. Now, I had to get out in front of this in my own Discord, but they're also adding the Pale Pass Mountain Hair which everybody says I'm not allowed to buy. Oh, yeah, because you'll just kill it. I, I didn't mean to kill the bunny. <laughs> I was yeah, actually in a pet but, store but today. But your rage will just take over if you adopt it, and then we'll just, you'll, you'll just run at it, I assume, just casting everything to blow it apart. <laughs> I mean, that's it, my it, assumption. It was an accident. I was trying to summon my Healy Ghost. I didn't realize that I was actually uh-huh. pressing the Blast Bones button. And it was a horrible mistake. And I could regret it every single day of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel so bad. And, 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 and to make amends for your mistake, you're not allowed to adopt this bunny. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not allowed to adopt this bunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the safety of cute, all rabbits though. involved. They have little carrots behind it in the picture. And it's adorable. Um, we're also getting the Akaviri Potentate Guar Calf, which I know Arcaneer would love to be gifted. It's true. He and would love that. That actually and is the last thing on the Crown Store Showcase. It's also hilarious looking. It is. I feel like all, all Guars in general are hilarious looking, to be completely honest with you. Right, but then you give them, like... A little mohawk. <laughs> the little, like, Imperial... Helmet? Oh my god, it's ridiculous. Lotus, so good. okay, hear me out. All right. We need to figure out a way to get an Imperial helmet made for boots. Oh, like a little... Oh, she, yeah, we're talking about you. Uh, she's in the background just out of camera. I turned around. <laughs> she needs a mohawk. Yeah, she get... Yeah, well, all right. So we'll, maybe for Halloween, I can... She likes to dress up. Maybe I'll get her like a little Centurion helmet. Yes, She can please. wear it on. I'll just get like a kid's costume one and she can put it on. Please. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I hear her waking up. Yeah, she just got up. <laughs> so that wraps up the news. I don't remember any other news things being posted. So earlier we were told by Ark, I'm going to be asleep at Tails. Notes aren't done. Enjoy, essentially. So this is yeah. what we have as far as news goes. Yeah, I browsed through. This was all I found of, like, note other than PTS testing is still taking place. If you are interested in all of the new things that are happening, um, don't be afraid to test them out on the server. That's how they find bugs and stuff like that. So if you have access to that and are interested, you know, certainly dip your toes in there and see what everything is. But a lot of that stuff is likely very subject to change and everything. So... There's a, there's a lot happening on the PTS. I personally have been thinking for the better, but, you know, the more I'm hearing, uh, again, just from the last update I saw, was a lot of people are very concerned about, like, a dip in damage and all this stuff. But um, And I did hear that was the case from several of uh, several people, except their sustain is now so far off the stratosphere. They're like, oh, I don't care that I do less damage. I just never die. I can do whatever I want forever. I'm like, well, there you go. One trade for another. <laughs> it's, so we'll see how it shakes out by the time it hits live. So who's going first for Tails? Um, well, mine's actually pretty straightforward. You know what? You actually did some dungeon stuff. I think yours will be a little more 
interesting than mine will be. Mine, surprise to everybody who doesn't know me, um, it's been mid-year mayhem, an unhealthy amount of mid-year mayhem. Um, so the event went live, not this Thursday, but the previous Thursday, at which point we decide, well, I am just an AP whore. I just want to level <laughs> up. <laughs> um, that's that's my scenario. I just really need quick. All... I have yep. to stop you for just a second. <laughs> Between the references in chat, when we were trying to pronounce hortator versus hortator yes. and something else that we said too, I feel like we have a word for the night. Yeah, just yeah. Throwing it out there. Look, all right. So that nobody gets offended or anything like that. As I learned on stream with a clip that has been saved. I don't know where it is. I'm not going to put it in chat. I don't want to open too many different windows. Um, when playing through Elder Scrolls 1 Arena. Oh my God, I remember that. There are just like, and this is, you know, this isn't meant to be like, oh, you know, to add an explicit tag or anything like that. Not that we're family friendly necessarily. But when I came across one of the characters, um, her dialogue was, I'm blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, this character is dressed funny. And her response was, I'm so-and-so, I'm a whore. That was her entire dialogue. And I'm just <laughs> like, what? So it's, it's look, it's not out of the realm of just canon lore in the series. So. It's fantastic. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, my goal this event has been to just scoop up as much AP as possible. And I am to the ranks that are very, very grueling at this point. I started the event at 41. Um, and I had my I have been grinding. Let me double check. So I'm about to hit 44. I'm a little off of rank 44, which I'm a uh, warlord at that point for ranking. To give a gauge, um, to go from well, all right. For anybody who doesn't play PvP heavily, I'll just give a quick synopsis just to give you a gauge as to my struggle as of late. To get from level one in the Alliance War to a Grand Overlord, which is rank 50, it's just shy of 65 million total AP. Oh my um, God. It's 64 million and change. So I always just say it's 65 million. It's not exactly, but you can check it out on the UESB. They have a great chart if you're ever curious about how many points it takes to get to your next rank. Then it is scaled. It's not universal. So at the beginning, you'll get some levels here and there. As you progress in ranks, it becomes harder to level up. And... I looked up how many AP it would take to go from rank 41 to 50, and I was like, maybe I can push Grand Overlord this event if I go real hard. The answer is no, um, I can't do that, uh, because good lord, it took 30 million AP just about to go from rank 41 to 50, meaning half of the entire tree is basically held up in the last nine ranks. <laughs> Wow. So being that I'm about to hit 44 and I was pretty, I've gained about 10 million AP this event so far. And I have leveled up three times. <laughs> nice. But <laughs> wow. <laughs> it gets, it gets grindy. Uh, it gets real slow. But 
while doing this, it does bring to the previous thing that I mentioned, actually, to interrupt news when we were doing that earlier. Again, huge shout out to Promethean for earning his Emperor title, which is awesome. So now there's two of us that are on the show with Emperor titles. And um, also, listener of the show, you uh, probably recognize him from a lot of my streams if you ever swing by when I'm streaming Dungeons or PvP or whatever. Um, he's, you know, always in chat here. Hazardous Misfit. We actually helped him, and he pushed to crown himself emperor the previous one because they were their week-long campaigns. Uh, well, there are two week-long campaigns during the event, so he jumped in right at the start and had himself a grueling fight and managed to get um, himself an emperor title right before reset. And I mean, like twenty hours before the server reset for the new week, it was down to like the wire type of deal. So. He got his emperorship as well, so huge shout out to you. Um, awesome work, and um, yeah, I'm glad that my excessive playing has been able to at least help as much as they need me to, just even if it's just extra people on siege equipment or an extra distraction here or there or something like that. Um, super proud to play with all these guys and gals. They've been doing awesome work. And thank you to everybody who's joined us. We've sent out several SOSs in my guilds and everything like that. And I know some of my guildies listen to the show. Um, to all of you who have ever responded to these to help us crown people, thank you for that as well. Uh, this has been a super fun mid-year mayhem, but there is one thing, well, there's two things that I'd just like to address. Like, it's, I don't know, news on my tails, I guess. Um, I really, they're changing the healing thing for Cyrodiil with the next patch. Right. Where you're no longer, for anybody who doesn't know, you currently can only heal people that are in your group. You cannot cast heals outside of your group. I don't think that was good. I mean, it was done for a testing reason to see if that was causing lag and stuff like that during all of the, the tests. But I really dislike it. Um, our buddies from the Red Diamond Courier podcast, uh, Dogged Bark is, is a Templar healer, and he is not a fan at all. <laughs> um, they're reversing it next patch. And I think that is great because it will allow healers to be more useful to everybody involved. Right. Um, and so I can speak from this a little bit from a software yes. development perspective. So a lot of times, like whenever I have a bug in software and I'm doing tests, I'll start to strip out features that I fully mm -hmm. intend to add back. I'm just trying to narrow down the problem. So even For if sure. the healing people outside of your group was the problem, if I had to guess, they were probably going to re-implement it regardless, just re-implement it in a way that it's less impactful to their servers. Yes. Um, seems like that wasn't the problem since they're just bringing it back. Um, maybe they did change something on the back end that makes it behave differently, even though it's still going to appear the same to the users. Um, that being said, um, them testing everything on the live server like this, it's just because under their like load testing, they can't really reproduce the same conditions as 
whenever all of us are piling into Cyrodiil. So I don't think this was ever meant to be something that was going to be permanent, even if it did completely fix all the lag in Cyrodiil, because it is something that has been universally something that they that people just didn't like. And it does make healing and PvP a lot harder. So I, I really don't think it was something they were going to keep. But I mean, I could, of course, be wrong. But it just sounds like something that I would go through in my own debugging process is like, okay, We've stripped out all these things and nothing really changed. So let's strip out this one thing that I have. It's a requirement. I have to have it. But let's strip it out to see if like maybe re-implementing this in a different way might work better. Um, but let's just completely turn it off first. So that way we can see if it's worth the time to try to reinvent the wheel here. And so it may or may not have been, I mean, they're bringing it back regardless. So that's great because I know that I've been healing a lot in PVP as we'll get to in my tales in just a minute. Um but yeah, I, I don't think they ever intended for this, even if it did kind of magically fix everything to stay around. Luckily, I would agree with that um, because they did several tests that um, that, you know, there was there's been a lot of testing going on. But like in general, there have been several tests where it's like, OK, global cooldowns, ramping cost, all these things. It's like they're trying out lots of different stuff the new one is going to be proc set removal which we went into last time so that was very that'll be very interesting um and that i actually can easily see being a big big component to some of the lag um and increasing lag because we keep getting more and more proc sets so there's definitely a correlation there well i'll be very curious to see if it's actually a causation um but the only thing I wanted to add to that, besides the healing thing, which I'm glad is being removed, the other feature, which I do not like, I know that I have a, I don't know whether people just like to complain about it or they actually don't like it, but people don't like Zergs, or at least they say they don't like Zergs, even though everybody Zergs in Cyrodiil, because, well, that's how kind of medieval warfare worked. It, mm. Zerg fights, numbers usually win. Um the cap of players being reduced to 12 person groups at max from 24 person groups at max. I hate it. Um, it, it, the fights just aren't, there's good fights, but Cyrodiil on hold to me personally has felt smaller this event because this is the first event that they've ever actually had that active. And like, Amp keep fights and stuff like that. Yes, they're crazy. Yes, they're big because multiple groups will converge, but it just, it doesn't feel the same to me personally. And the bigger concern, not that I like leading, but I will if, if need be, uh, when you are crown, which is lead in Cyrodiil, it was much easier when you're trying to push stuff, when you can just pick up all the looking for groups um, and just pile them in. When you have a maximum of half the amount of people you previously did, you need to actually, in many cases, be more selective with who you pick because your heals are also not able to be gotten from out of group and your group is half the size it used to be. So having a spot for a debuff tank, having specific spots for healers, having a spot for a negate, having a spot for your damage dealers, like it becomes a little more picky, which in the chaos of the amount of people in Cyrodiil, organization is one thing, but having 
all the green bars, which are just the randoms. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to. I know a lot of people don't like Cyrodiil or PvP, so like if I say something weird, I'm trying to just remind myself to like this is what I mean when I say this term. I had um, no idea what you are, meant by green bar. So okay, I'm glad so green you clarified. Bars, green bars are random floaters just in zone. And it's it like, so you say pick up the green bars and anybody on a flag who is not in a group, you just invite them to group. So they'll, they'll hopefully follow you around. It's just strength in numbers. Um, so having that limitation leaves a lot of people just not finding groups because again, a good group lead can make all the difference. But they're going to be more selective. So a a lot of groups aren't forming groups or they're forming like four person groups, but the person doesn't know how to lead. So it's just four people rowing off doing random things as well. I just, I'm not sure what the change was exactly, but it was just, eh, I don't know. I really don't like it. I hope that at some point that comes back so that we can have 24 person groups. It's not game breaking. It's not the end of the world or any of that stuff, but I definitely liked the ease of 24-man groups um, and also just the flow of 24-person groups. It's it's just... I liked the way Cyrodiil played out better and it was easier to organize groups of people who didn't know each other. That's really the best way I can say it. But yeah, that's that's pretty much been... My entire experience, I haven't streamed because, again, when I'm trying to help anybody, um, as much as I don't care if people stream site me, who cares? Uh, if I ruin somebody else's amp thing because we got stream sniped and lost a keep or whatever, I'd feel awful. So um, after the event ends, which I believe is Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think that's the ninth. So, yeah. Um, yep, it looks like Tuesday. So Tuesday when it ends, I'll be able to actually go back to Battle Spire and all that stuff and do other things uh, rather than just grind PvP or fix walls like right now. So what have you been up to, Pixie? I know you've done more than just Cyrodiil like myself. Right. So I, I mean, a lot of your... Compl so other than the healer complaint, which I totally get because I ha the amount of time I've spent in Cyrodiil has been on my healer. Mm -hmm. um, like the 24-man groups... I mean, I didn't have that many player people that I was grouped up with um, just because it was just like, hey, anybody in Discord want to run a noob to get my scouting mission and just play bodyguard for a <laughs> sure, little while? Sure. Yep. So, like, I totally get how it would be so frustrating after listening to you talk about it. But for me, it, like, wasn't a big deal just because it was like, hey, I'm just going to get a group of friends together. We're going to go run and do some random nonsense and try to get our tickets for the day. Sure. Um so tonight, really, so I, I did some PvP earlier on in the week, and I've been, like, going in to get my tickets, but tonight we spent a couple hours in Cyrodiil, and oh my god, we had so much fun. So I do have to say, throughout this entire event, like, the first day of the event, I had some massive lag issues, and I think I talked about it last week on the podcast, but um, this week has been just amazing i've been getting like 60 fps pretty much um been running great haven't had any weird issues it's been amazing and i i have i still have no idea what i'm doing in pvp because i apparently also took off my tank gear which i didn't realize until like i was in the middle of cyrodiil and couldn't summon any zombie to help me 
So I was Perfect. in squishy, I was in squishy healer gear um, because we had ran dungeons like last uh, night before last. So I wasn't in my tank gear anymore. So I died in like two hits, but I like to dodge roll. So that was fun. Um, it was really a blast. So I do recommend for any PVEer who has not made it into this event yet, um, just because PVP isn't your thing. If you get a group of your PVE friends, even. Just go in there and just kind of surrender yourself to the fact that you're probably going to die and that it's going to be okay because you can respawn at some place, wherever the game tells you. You can go by the glowing outline on the keeps. Um, it was just like a really good time. Uh, I know I had a blast, even though... So we actually found a lore seeker Zerg while we were in there. So I was grouped up with people from my Discord. And we randomly stumbled across the lore seekers. And so we were just kind of like following the lore seekers around. I think there were like six of us. Um, it was really fun. And we had this really cool strategy where we would let Ebonheart Pact break down the, down the first door. And once they got inside, we just kill Ebonheart Pact. And it was like a free battering ram. So it was great. And I highly recommend doing that because it was hilarious because we got to destroy EP and they also did the dirty for work for us. I, I like I this one. I, I don't appreciate the alliance part, but that strategy is so sound. Um, it, it's, it's so grimy, but it's such a good tactic if you let your enemy do all the work on the third party group and then be like all right thanks for all your hard work now die it <laughs> and was then you great. just take all of their rewards and then i think i mentioned this last mid-year mayhem but going there on a necromancer is just like a power trip for me because it's like every time i use my ulti res it's like i have raised my undead minions to take your castle mm. and i just feel really cool the whole time i'm doing it so even though like ah, oh, i res two people whoop-de-doo like I, I have undead thralls who are now fighting for me. It's like this whole thing going on in my head where I feel super epic whenever maybe I'm not actually all that cool, but it feels cool. <laughs> to me. So it's it was really, really fun. Um, we also did answer your call, Lotus, and the Soul Gym Society attempted Vet Frost Vault Hard Mode. But before I get to that whole fun story... <laughs> We did also go back into Oblivion. So Ark and I both said that we were going to play some Oblivion this week. Um, Ark obviously isn't with us today. <laughs> but um, Oblivion... I, so I was doing some side quests in Oblivion. And I, I think the name of the quest was To Whom the Gods Annoy. And... That sounds familiar. I was walking around around Leowin, just kind of taking in the sights, and I wanted to like do a direct comparison between the Blackwood trailer that we saw and the just trying to find those same places in the third era. And I managed to talk to this person who started talking about this lady. I think her name was like Rosentia or something, and mentioned that they heard some strange noises coming from her house, and that she smelled that it smelled bad. I was like, all right, we need to go see the stinky lady. So we went into stinky lady's house. It's filled with scamps. Turns out this woman has a thing for Daedric artifacts and accidentally bought the staff of the ever scamp, which is something that Shiagorath created. <laughs> and Who so would have thought it would be Shiagorath? 
<laughs> I don't know who to thunk it. So Kiz has kindly linked it for us in chat for anybody who's watching live. Um, so you can kind of see the plot there. So basically, the way this staff works is whoever buys it gets compelled to keep it. Even though the the scamps are annoying the shit out of them, they can't bring themselves to let it go unless somebody willingly accepts it. So the way this woman got it was she's a collector of Daedric artifacts, and she found somebody who was trying to sell a Daedric artifact, and it was like really cheap. So of course she wanted it, and of course she bought it. Uh, so she bought this Daedric artifact, and it was the staff. But then she found out that not only did it summon these stinky scamps that apparently destroyed her mansion, uh, she couldn't bear herself to, like, throw it out the window or anything useful. She just had to hold on to it at all times. She couldn't put it down. She had to find somebody who would willingly accept it from her. So she willingly accepted it because she thought she was getting a bargain. So in walks me. And I willingly accepted the staff after talking to the Mage's Guild and seeing, like, learning a little bit more about it. I was told that I needed to take it to a shrine of Sheagorath in a nearby cave. Um, my guess, so this cave is, like, right outside of Leowin. I forget what it's called, but it's Dark Something Cave. Um, I have a feeling that it's going to be there as a delve. So a Sheagorath delve quest would be really cool. And I'm kind of expecting that to be a thing. Um, so basically, you have to go into this cave and you have to drop the staff at the shrine. So like once you get to the shrine, you get a message on your screen saying you no longer feel compelled to hold the staff. And you're able to drop it from your inventory. Problem is, this staff of the Everscamp is a little bit tricky. Not only can you not drop it before you get to that place, but you also move slower. So it just adds that extra layer of annoying. Because whenever I first got the staff, I was like, why wouldn't I want to keep this staff? Because I have these little scamp minions. I don't care if they smell bad. I just want them to kill things for me because I'm level two and really bad at killing things right now. So you go into the cave and you see another scamp. And you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a friendly scamp because I'm holding the staff of the ever scamp. So I am their god now. No. The scamp attacks you. You attack the scamp back. The scamp doesn't freaking die and doesn't take any damage. And so you're just being relentlessly attacked by these invincible scamps. You're just hauling ass through the whole thing. Or this is how I played it. There's probably a better strategy. So I just hauled ass through the whole cavern. And it's like a maze. And I kept running into more and more invincible scamps. And I kept dying. I think I died like five times in there before I finally was able to drop drop the staff. So I was actually able to drop the staff pretty early on without dying. But then like whenever I tried to leave, there were like 20 scamps in the doorway and I couldn't move and they beat me to death. They didn't even have to fireball me. They just scratched me and I died. And eventually I made it out, but it took a while. Um, then I was like, okay. I need to find more side quests in Leowin. So she was very happy. She gave me a ring, but it was a ring that like made my blocking better. I was like, I don't fucking block in this game. I'm a mage. <laughs> I don't have a shield. That's not a thing. I don't even know what the block button is in this game. Perfect. So, <laughs> so it was a completely useless ring. But I was like, yeah, I'll sell it later. So I, I go back into town and I couldn't really find that many side quests. I did find this dude 
who like really wanted to start some crap between Argonians and Khajiit. And like, if you talk to him, I forget what his name was, but if you talk to him, he would be like, I heard an Argonian say that they could beat any Khajiit in a fight. I don't think that's true. Do you? And it's like, you know what? First of all, an Argonian would beat a Khajiit in a fight because of the Anzalil. If the Hist said that the Khajiit needed to die, the Khajiit would die. Period. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> so I'm like, the dude's not wrong. Like, I'm not going to argue with him. So I left him to his weird little fantasy of Argonians and Khajiit hating each other. He didn't seem to have a quest for me. I did make it inside the castle. Oh, wait, actually, before I went in the castle, there's this bookstore called Southern Books. The most amazing orc who I feel like he and I would be really good friends in real life. He's very vulgar. He says all the bad words. You walk in there, he's like, just buy a goddamn book already, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I love you. And he goes on about how, like, his orc friends would walk into the bookstore and, like, give him crap for selling books instead of doing orc things. But I don't know. I just have a lot of respect for this guy. He doesn't screw around, and I just love him. Like, you need to go talk to him if you're playing Oblivion like I am. He's awesome. And... Really, that's all there is to that. I also didn't get a quest from him, so I moved on with my life. I did go inside the castle, and I found another orc, though. Her name was Mazoga. So Mazoga is very demanding. She asks me if I'm the Count. I tell her no. Then she says, I don't have business with you. Go away. Then I went and talked to the Count, and the Count's like, listen, there's this woman, Mazoga, in in my castle, and I don't know what the hell she wants. So I'd like you to figure out what she wants. So then I go back and I tell her, look, the Count wants to know what you want. And she's like, get me this Argonian hunter. And I'm like, why? And she's like, just get him. Okay. So then I go get this Argonian that I then have to bribe the crap out of because I'm still trying to get good at the personality boosting game. And so I get, I convince the Argonian after doing that to go back and talk to Mazoga. Mazoga's like, where is Hunter's Rock or whatever the name of the location was? And he's like, it's six hours north from here. Why? And she's like, take me there. And the dude's like, I don't know you. Why would I take you there? And then she looks at me. Do you know where it is? I was like, well, I just heard him say where it is. So yes, I do have an idea of where this location is. And then she's like, oh, Will you take me there? No, she didn't say, oh, will you take me there? She goes, take me there now. I was like, all righty then. I guess I'm taking (laughs) you there now because I just follow your orders from now on. So I take this woman. So I'm like, I'm going to take a shortcut. I'm not walking six hours. I swim and I get there and I'm talking to the people in the camp. She is nowhere to be found. I wait seven hours because I figured that was a good time to wait. And then everyone just starts attacking me. And so then I attack back and an alert pops up on my screen saying, Mazoka told you not to attack first. She's going to be angry. I was like, they attacked me first. What the hell? So I reload a save. I do my wait for seven hours thing outside of the camp. She gets stuck a few times. Eventually she makes her way into the camp and I can hear the conversation. Turns out the leader of the bandits there had killed her best friend. And so she swore an oath and became a self-proclaimed knight to 
carry out this oath, I guess, because that's the only way you can keep an oath to a friend is become a literal knight. So I'm like, all right, I will go ahead and play along with this. So she talks to the dude. She attacks first. Everybody attacks me. I summon Frederick the scamp and we kick all the butts. And Mazoka's like, thank you. Now you're my best friend. You helped me kill the killer of my old best friend. So then we go back. I tell the count of what happened. The count's like, how would you like to be a knight? And how would you like to make Mazoga an actual knight instead of just a self-proclaimed knight? I was like, ah, sounds cool. I'm like, sounds like a fun time. Sure. What do you want? He's like, kill the black bow archers. I was like, oh. Or kill the black bow bandits. I was like, oh, why are they called the black bow bandits? And he's like, they're called the black bow bandits because they have black bows. So I was like, wow, Perfect. I totally should have guessed that. <laughs> that was and a waste of left field. <laughs> I know, right? I, I didn't know if like they wore black hair bows or like what it was, but apparently you know, that's exactly what you would think. So uh, I go and grab Mazoka, who's now my best friend, and we go to this man. Apparently she used to be friends with the black bow bandits so she takes me to where they're hiding we're gonna ambush them she dies whoops i'm bad at killing things that was supposed to be her job um so i kill that's a quick rip (laughs) (laughs) here you walk in there she got murdered pretty fast she killed like a couple of them and then the main guy that we were supposed to kill killed her and then i killed him I was like, oh, we're in an alien ruin. I would like to roam around here. And then like three more of the Black Bow Bandits came out of nowhere because they apparently were sleeping through the whole main fight we were doing. They came out of nowhere and started fighting me. I was like, I don't have Mazoka to tank for me now, so I'm just going to haul ass out the front door. And I made it. I escaped. It was still playing the battle music, though, so I was still nervous. I was like, I'm going to jump down this hill so I can get down the hill faster but I forgot the jumping physics were a little bit odd in Oblivion, and I jumped down the hill and died. Perfect. And that's whenever I rage quit the game. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my Oblivion adventures. I feel like, I don't know if there's any other side quests in Leowin other than those two that I've kind of done. I didn't get to finish that one, so maybe there's a follow-up quest to that, but I was too angry to find out. Um, so Lego's asking if it was on stream. Yes, it was on stream. I embarrassed myself on camera, and then I rage raided Hadana afterwards. Oh, and then I was timely done. end to our adventure, Pixie. <laughs> I I feel like my face kind of said everything I was feeling at that moment. I was so concerned about getting away and turning in that quest because it had been so long since I had saved, and I was just like over it. And yeah, because the quest marker wasn't pointing the right spot, and I was just very frustrated. So I was like, "Hey, I'll just stop now before I throw my mouse at my monitor." Um, now back to Frost Vault. Soul Gym Society was doing Frost Vault Hard Mode. The Soul Gym Society, for anybody who hasn't heard before, is me, Lego, Kiz, and Bard. And we do a prog group, and for the past couple episodes of Tales of Tamriel, we've been challenged to do various things before Ark's group, The Untaunted. So I beat him in Castle Thorn. I did tell him that if he managed to clear it on his next attempt, which was on Monday, that I'd call it even, but he failed. He got it to 15% and failed. He blamed the Uh game, but he failed. I win. Ha ha. 
I am now officially the winner of that challenge. But no, now but he's not even here to defend himself. Maybe he just, you know, maybe he was quote unquote feeling sick from complete shame. Exactly. Like he just needed to sleep that off. Yeah. That's all. Sleep off that loss. Come back strong next time, Mark. <laughs> So Ark changed the rules this time. So Lotus picked the dungeon for us. So we're doing Vet Frost Vault hard mode. Um, Ark did change the rules a bit because I did have more time total in Castle Thorn than he's had up to this point. He still hasn't cleared it yet. So who knows how long it's going to take him to yeah, actually clear months. the thing. <laughs> exactly. So I... Um, so what Ark said is like total no like total amount of time spent in this dungeon is what we're gonna go off of. So I had I think two hours at this hard mode. We got him down to twenty seven percent. That's in pretty the first solid. Two hours. That's pretty solid. You're right. You're right at like the execute thing. Like it, what, once you iron that out, you'll be fine. Right. So like the first several polls was us trying to figure out the Skivaton mechanics. So Kiz actually does have a clear in there. So he knows most of them. He knows the DPS mechanics, but he had never been in there on a support. So like he couldn't tell us what our support buttons did. And so it was a lot of just like trying to figure out like, okay, we need to stick together as a group and here's what your buttons do. So the first like hour, hour and a half was us trying to figure that out in the last little bit of time. It's like, all right, we're getting that through the ski baton phase. That makes When, me feel when I did it the first time, that's exactly what our problem was, was trying to figure out what the hell to do with the ski batons and then find a method on like, okay, how do we do this? Like, okay, we finally figured out what to do. Like now... How the hell do we do it? So, yeah, that's same thing with us. That sounds exactly like what we had to struggle through. Right. So we were getting to the point where we were getting out of the Skivaton phase every time we were completing that. Um, the first couple times that we got out of that, I didn't realize that the fans spit fire. And I didn't realize that my DPS were dying from the fans that were spitting fire. I love the way that looks, though. It's so awesome. It's a really I mean, cool mechanic. Hit by it, but it just looks cool. <laughs> so I um I was focus healing the tank because oh my god, everything in there hurts the tank so bad. And I was shocked at how bad everything hurt. Because Lego is like a really tanky tank. Usually I can completely ignore Lego the entirety of the fight and he's fine. And I just focus kids and bard. But this time, because of how hard the centurions hit. And on top of that, the fire coming from the main boss. It's just a lot. So I'm like, okay, I need to time. So, okay, you focus the blade arm first and you have to run around to the other side with the DPS. But I needed to make sure I had a Healy Ball on Lego and my grant, my uh, Lustrious Healing down on Lego. And preferably, it would make it easier if I had a corpse near him so that way I could throw my Necro AoE heal down and have that be a heal over time. So that way I just had enough time to sprint to the other side before that Centurion spawn and start smacking him because I didn't want to kill him in the process of me not being able to heal him. Sometimes if I could time it right before or after the fire blast from the boss at lego i could just dodge roll through the damage and go the shorter way around it just kind of depends on like how the fight was going at that point but what happened our last pull we were feeling really good going in the last pull i was so focused on keeping everything on lego that i didn't realize the dps had swapped sides 
And then the fire fan mechanic came, killed them, and I was just screwing off over here, just healing Lego and not paying any attention to them. So it was my bad. But I won't that make that mistake next time because I am determined to beat Ark. Um, I did get yeeted off by what I am assuming is the steam jets. It was very That's- surprising the couple times it happened. Yeah, it's horrible. I'm still bad at it. <laughs> I'm still real <laughs> bad at it. So it, it wasn't super intrusive. It only happened to me, I think, twice. But when it did happen, I was just like, this is half the map. Why am I flying? And it was just strange. I guess it was only like a quarter, but I just so happened to be standing in like a really bad spot where I couldn't dodge roll out of it. And I the first time it happened, I had no idea what actually hit me. And then the second time I saw the steam come, and it's like, that's that's what did it. But it did seem like anytime somebody fell off the edge, they didn't respawn at the entrance. They respawned where they fell off the edge. So like my necro res could hit them. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. That's not so bad. See, when we did it, we didn't, I've, I've never done it with a necro. I've, I've actually only cleared that hard mode two or three times and it's never been with a necro. Um, so I've never pretty much if somebody goes off, our approach has been like, yeah, well, they're totally screwed. Moving on. And we just try to do the fight as best we can without them. Whoever is down. The problem, obviously, is if I putz it up and fly off the ledge, it's like, oh, good thing this boss doesn't move too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as as soon as anytime Lego would go down, it would just immediately turn and focus Kiz. (sighs) (laughs) And every time which was kind of hilarious, but I also felt a little bad because every time Lego would die, it was my fault for just not focusing him enough. Um, It Uh wasn't like he missed a block or anything like that. It's just everything hurts so bad. And so even though I was like, oh, this is going to be so much easier than like Moongrave Fane because there's no like huge healer check and it's going to be easier than Castle Thorn because not everything is a one shot, just most things. Oh my God, it's still a lot to do and it's just very tank heavy so i feel bad for anybody who has to tank this um (laughs) just because man it hurts but i do feel like this is good practice for a stone garden which is the one that would be really cool if we could do next um but yeah so we didn't quite get it finished we did get it down to 27 percent yeah it sounds like like you've almost got it yeah i feel like we have the mechanics down it's just kind of executing them that we have to do um and kids had to go, like, right at the two-hour mark, so it wasn't one that we could keep pushing forward on too long because he had, he had work. You know, that pesky thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Stupid so in we, real life. I know, right? So, like, we couldn't just stay up late and, and try to push a little harder just because he had, like, obligations. But I, I feel good about next week. I'm excited. Um, sometimes that... So, to that point, sometimes, like, stepping away and coming back... We actually that that's one of the few dungeons with my old group where we got tired of it the first session. We were like, oh, I can't do this anymore because we kept getting to the very, very last percent and we couldn't manage to close the deal. So we stopped and we came back the following day to do it, kind of like we did with Moongrave. Like, actually, Moongrave was super awkward because we tried to do it during the QuakeCon stream. And we got it to 6% several times and didn't Uh. clear it. And we did it. Well, it was funny. 
it was uh, Maddie raided us and we were like, all right, we're going to do something that people can actually watch. So we did the speed run of No Death so that people could watch us succeed at something rather than just keep dying at the exact same thing. Uh, so we gave it like an hour and we were like, all right, we're, this isn't happening. We keep getting super close. We can't do it. That one we did it. Same thing with Frost Vault. We, we had to like go back to it. We were like, no, this is just not happening. We came back the next day and got it. We didn't get it on like the first poll or anything like that. It still took a few. I don't like, I mentioned it to you. The transformation things look really cool, but they're not my thing. I don't like needing to learn new controls on the command, on the fly and stuff like that. It's just, it's the same problem with Stone Garden, um, the werewolf thing. It looks neat, but I, I'd much rather watch it than play it. <laughs> same, same thing with the skeevers. Yeah, this one, so the skeevers, like once I figured out the controls, it was pretty fun. I do wish by default they moved a little bit faster. Like even if they had to like make the fire go a little bit faster or something like that, just to keep it the same difficulty level. I just don't like moving slow ever. Um, but that's not really a huge deal. Uh, once I figured out the controls, I did actually enjoy that mechanic. I thought it was really creative and I had a good time with it. Um, it wasn't so bad. Like it wasn't as difficult as I was kind of expecting it to be as long as everybody just stuck together was the big thing. Um, it's really easy to forget like, oh, there's usually fire on straightaways and then I would melt my mouse kind of a deal. Um, but I, I don't think it's horrible. I, I enjoyed it, but yeah, it was definitely a huge learning curve. It's like, wow, we probably could have killed this thing if we didn't have to throw ourselves at the skivaton part specifically for so long. Yeah. Um, so here's one more question for you, which I, I don't know if this has been patched or anything. I haven't really run Frostfault in a while, but we had it happen with several groups that we were running with. Um, it, you know, as people were working on their Frozen Treasure Seeker title. Um, so it wasn't just a unique incident. I've had it happen several times. Have, did you uh, did you have anybody come out of Skeever Face stuck as a Skeever? No. Okay. I did not. Like, it was All hilarious right. seeing your screenshots of it. <laughs> no, the, I think I have a video of it that I'll try to post uh, if I can find it. It's not from my perspective. It's from one of our healers. Um and I was actually, so that for context, when you would come out of the skeever phase, sometimes we would get stuck in being a skeever, specifically me, it seemed like, where I would just be a skeever. So I wouldn't be tiny. I'd be massive. I'd be like a character size skeever. And I wouldn't see it in my game, but other people would see it of me. And I'll have to check. I... I'm pretty sure there's a video of me tanking as the skeever. Like it, it looks like I'm jumping around because when I was using skills, my character, the skeever looked like I was hopping. So I was just like boop, 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 and it was just this giant mouse on the platform instead. That's which adorable. I was like, well, this is very weird from a perspective because I thought I was totally normal. So I was just curious if you guys had run into that at all. No, the the weirdest thing that we ran into was someone died as a skeeveton. And whenever we came back up, I immediately saw like the, oh, resible character icon. So I cast my ultimate on him, but his body hadn't spawned in yet. So the res was just completely wasted. Didn't actually hit him. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that hurt. So now I know like, wait until I see their actual body or their dust pile. 
before actually attempting to res them. But yeah, that was that was really the only bug. There was also the blast bones noped out on me at one point. I was outside. I was like, where you push the button? And I hit the blast bones button. And he got to the archway, stood there. Well, he, he ran through the archway, then turned around and then came back, stood there for a second and then died. Which was just hilarious. And Perfect. I could not stop laughing. It was great. I actually really enjoyed that bug. Because <laughs> I was not ready to pull yet, but yep. I was doing it anyway. <laughs> you know, the I'm trying to summon my Healy Ghost, but I accidentally hit the Blast Bones button kind of deal. Yeah, yeah no, that's it's, it's all fine. It's all part of the plan, clearly. But yeah, that was... That was my tales. Next week, I feel really good about going into that one again. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, how about that? See, look, we... Uh, all right, so an hour show wasn't a thing, but an hour and a half show, that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, so this is one of those... We, we refer... This is one of those short two-hour shows, the very rare sh- short <laughs> two-hour shows that we have. But um, yeah, so I guess on that note, Pixie, where can everybody find you uh, before the next episode of Tales? You can find me at twitch.tv slash hyperpixiegaming or on Twitter at hyperpixiegames. And you can find me at Lotus of Doom pretty much anywhere, um, Twitch and Twitter. Uh, ideally, I will be back to streaming like normal, where I was kind of getting into a streaming routine of, if I can, Sunday and sometimes uh, Thursday before we record Elder Scrolls Lorecast, which uh, is the other podcast that I'm part of over on the Robots Radio Network. So if you have interest in the lore of the Elder Scrolls, Um, You can always check us out over there as well. But on that note, I would say that I guess that's the conclusion of everything. So you can follow everything we do over at DungeonCrawlerNet.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, including Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Discord. Be sure to check out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash DungeonCrawlerNetwork if you want to help support the show. And consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, which, when I'm not in charge, we'll read out (laughs) so people will know that we are a real podcast, that we say real words, and sometimes they matter. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Tales, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout, Red Diamond, Red Diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red Diamond, Red Diamond, protect us till the The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on seer it fell. And like a dart shot to its mark, down in an alien well. Magic effused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong. Then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, 
heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. When elves lost learned to men, Akatosh gave the stone to Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end.